Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So what is weakness? I think I've already defined that. Stuff in our life we can't control. Why do we need to talk about this? Well, we need to talk about weakness because behind it all, we can, we can pretend we're strong up the front. We can pretend we've got it all together up the front. But behind it all, the weakness in our lives, the stuff that we don't have any control over, it may even be circumstances or, or it might be family conflict that you have no control over that you're embarrassed about. These things can actually, behind us, define us. Behind the scenes... They're the things you think about when you're going to sleep. They're the things that, you, that you're worried about when, when you go into that talk with your, with your boss and you're scared that he might find out. Or these things actually will define us. We don't think our weaknesses are defining us, but they are. They are. We have to talk about this. They can dominate our life without us even knowing it. They can be causing us to do things. They can even drive us into addictions that we're trying to overcome. And everyone's saying, oh, you know, you need, you need to stop the addiction. But there's something behind it. You know, something behind it. We've got to talk about this. You know, when you've got a chain, you've got a chain. You know what a chain is, right? A chain. I don't know how to say it in Indian accent. A chain. When you have a chain. A chain. I say it in Australia. Right? When you've got a chain. What's a chain? <laughs> Who's got a chain? Anybody got a chain? <laughs> what is a chain? What are we talking about? A chain. Chain, right? Chain you lock the gate with? Right, okay, you're with me. Good. You have a chain. The, the thing with a chain is even if you've got really, really strong links, lock, 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 really big, thick steel that's been forged and is really strong, it could be like forged steel, like the kind of steel that they use in, like a, in a ninja's sword. What do they call those things? Ninja's sword. What do they call those things? A ninja's sword. Uh, Kamasaki, Kawasaki, Yamaha, whatever. Samurai, yeah, that's a samurai. Num Numjucks, Rachel, samurai. You know, it could be like made of really strong steel. But if there's one, one link that's been made in a startup factory in the back of China that didn't quite make the funding round, and they're still using that forged steel that's not been used anymore, that's kind of made out of really dirty stuff, iron, and, and it's kind of mixed in with other stuff. It doesn't matter what other steel has been used in that chain. That one link is going to pull everything apart, right? That's why we've got to talk about weakness. Because you're only as strong as your weakness. You're only as strong as your weakness. <laughs> For me... I've got lots of weaknesses and I've talked about a few. I'm going to open up a new one for you today because I've talked about others and I don't want to keep repeating myself. I thought I might as well talk about it. One of my other weaknesses that I feel sometimes is, is my academic record. I'll be honest with you. I was a failure at school. I really did badly at school. Um, my only certificate, you know what a merit award is? I don't know if you know this. My only merit award I got was in the second grade. Why are you laughing? Rachel's laughing. You're right. I'm bearing my heart. My wife is laughing at me. And she's not just laughing, she's leaning over and laughing like it's really ha-ha funny. <laughs> Thanks. My only merit award I got, and it was in my second grade, okay? You just, just note that, it was in my second grade. is because I learnt how to skip. You know, skipping, right? I learned how to skip. 
You're all laughing at me. Now, the reason I got it in my second grade is because everybody else learned how to do it in the first grade. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's Ryan Waters. I couldn't skip. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get the, the thing. I would jump and hop and hop and jump and fall over and all sorts of things. And they just, they, they were so encouraged, the teachers, when I finally got it. They're like, oh, we're going to give him a merit award. So, yeah, Ryan, everyone, my, my friends are all, <laughs> he couldn't skip and now he's getting a merit award. I said, thanks. That was my only merit award I got. True story. <laughs> you feel sorry for me? Well, I mean, it's funny now, but back then, going through my, my school, I just, for some reason, I was, was a kid that couldn't fit into school. I just did not fit. I was like, I'd look out the window, I would dream. Um, I used to love this show called Astro Boy. Anybody know Astro Boy? This, I love that show so much that my parents had to stop me watching it because in one of my report cards, it said Ryan just looks out the window and dreams all the time. And, and mum and dad, when I came home, they said, listen, Ryan, what, 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 what are you thinking of when you're looking out the window? I said, Astro Boy. So my mum and dad banned Astro Boy. So, I, you know, I'm a like, late bloomer, sort of couldn't learn how to skip. My show was taken from me and, uh, and I wasn't doing good at school. And it, and it just kind of tumbled on. By the time I got to my end of school, I didn't believe in myself anymore. I just was like, I didn't even try. I didn't even try. And, 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 and to this day, when I talk about school, when I talk about my education, when I talk about everything I've done, I, I, I feel this sense of kind of like, not good enough. Anybody else with me? What do you do with that? Because it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. Because I would find that sometimes if a person in, in, would mistakenly make or seem or even, even Rachel sometimes would press this button in me where she would say things that without meaning, without meaning, without, she, she wouldn't ever mean this, but she without meaning would make me feel like I was dumb. And I, I'd, I'd just be like... Right, I'm not dumb. You saying I'm dumb? You know, I'd be like that kind of thing. I, 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 and I could never understand where that would come from. What do we do with weakness? See, it was weakness in my world that God needed to deal with. And, and, and you know what? It has been something that I can now talk about and help somebody in this room that's become a strength because of Christ. Amen? Amen. God has turned something around and now I know I'm actually quite smart. I'm all right. Thanks. Two plus two is, is five and A, B, C, F. See, I can, I can do it. I can skip too. I got that going on. It wasn't until I was 25, 25 years old that I began to realize, hold on a second. I'm thinking I'm dumb. It was when I was in Bible college. I'm thinking I'm dumb. But actually, I'm really good at this. So I was writing essays and all of that sort of stuff. And I realized God just took me through this process where he's like, you know what, Ryan, you just don't believe in yourself. And there was, a, there was, a, there was one of my, my Bible college lecturers who said, Ryan, you, you, you don't believe in yourself. You don't, you don't actually think you're good enough. And you actually are. And it was just like someone just called it. God used someone to call it out of me. But we have to talk about weakness. We have to face them. And God is going to take us through it. And the, the good thing is that the Bible... And what God has written to us in the Bible 
hasn't kind of just left us with all of these things that we struggle with, all of our pain, all of our stuff that we're ashamed of and say, you know, just get a better person or, or maybe just, just go to church more and, and maybe do this more. Do, Jesus is right there in the midst of it with us and it's all throughout the Bible and it's even in the resurrection. Today is Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to tie it in. It's even in the resurrection. Do you, do you know that? Can I show you how it is? Matthew 24, uh, sorry, excuse me, Luke 24. Let's read Luke 24, verse 1 through to 11. Let's read it. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Before I keep on reading, I just, uh, I just want to say, how good was Gaurav's communion message? Woo! Man, I was all tempted to walk out. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh, just let him preach and tell this whole thing. That was awesome, Gaurav. That was, you can give him another clap. That was awesome. He really worked on that. Bit of pressure. Like, bit of pressure doing a communion talk on Easter Sunday, right? And he rose to the task. So, good, man. That was awesome. Just want to encourage you. Let me start again. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. It's an interesting day for these two women. In their fright... Ah! The women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. I'm going to say that again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Oh, yeah, he did say that. Oh. You ever been reminded of stuff God said when you're going through it? You're like, oh, God, you, you prepared me for this. This is what happened for them. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna. Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Those women, this talking, they all need to be quiet. They're talking about just hopeful that Jesus has come back. What, he's not in his grave? What, you think he's risen again? What nonsense. That's what they're saying. Peter, however, Peter, however, he got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. What had happened? I just want to focus in on verse 5 where it says, Why do you look for the living among the dead. When it comes to our weakness, and, and, and our ultimate weakness is death, it's the fact that we fight all of this life to be something, to make ourselves something, to go somewhere, 
to dream and to make most of the time and then we just die. And this is, this is the thing that, that, that it affected them all. They had all lost hope for the past three years prior to this event. They came to know this was the Christ. This was the Messiah. This was the Savior that had been promised and and prophesied for thousands of years prior. He was the one. And the next thing he's hanging on the cross with a crown on his head. And they're thinking he's going to come off. He's going to come off. He's going to come off. Maybe he's going to come down. At any point now he's going to make himself strong and he's going to make it happen. But he doesn't. He just dies. And he's gone. He's gone. And I think, man, I, I, for a minute there I thought that maybe something good was going to happen. For a minute then I thought maybe death would be defeated. And everything goes back to normal. Everything goes back to a, the way it was before. Except now it's worse because you know how it's worse when, when you get hope and then that hope is kind of destroyed? It's even worse. It's like, I wish I didn't even have that hope in the first place. They're in that place. Sometimes with our weakness, sometimes with our stuff that's in our world, we can get into such a place where we are like, why am I here again? Why have I come back around to this again one more time? And here I am in my weakness, in the stuff I can't overcome. Here I am in this circumstance with these people and they're doing this and they're saying this again and they're doing that. I've been here before, God, why am I here? And we feel the pangs of our own weakness. We're here because we put ourselves here. What do we do in those moments? And the question is that will rise up in our hearts and, and we'll say, where are you, God? I don't want to be here again. And God will respond. Why are you looking for the living Amongst the dead. Why are you in this graveyard? The graveyard of your disappointment. The graveyard of your failures. The graveyard of your rejections. Why are you looking for God there? Because I'm here to tell you something today. I don't know if you know this. But He is a risen God. He isn't in your weakness. He overcame that. (laughs) Am I getting too excited? Resurrection Sunday. (laughs) He overcame weakness. He isn't there. And so we we get into this graveyard. We get into our depression. We get into our modes that we get into when we failed. And it's like God is like waiting for us. The Holy Spirit is like, come out of there. Don't even go there. Don't Don't even grab that bag of chips out of the cupboard and turn on the TV and sit down and just accept defeat. Don't even do it. Because I'm not there. I'm risen. You're not going to find the answer to your weakness in the graveyard of your failures. I said, you're not going to find the answer to your weakness and the stuff you can't overcome, and the stuff in your life and your past and this and that, you aren't going to find the answer. And sometimes we can be like, why did this happen? As if if we find out why, 
Or if we finally get to the person and we tell them, well, you know, this is what you've done to me and this and that and the other. And we finally think, oh, this is going to make me feel good. And we get to the end of it and we don't feel worse. You're not going to find the answer to weakness, to failure in the graveyard of weakness and failure. Why? You looking for the living among the dead. He's not here. He's not there. He overcame that. See, the only reason you would look in the graveyard, you go back to that place by yourself without Jesus, because you're trying to work yourself out of it. You're trying to get out of that place where you've been put. Your lot in life. And maybe you think it's some sort of thing that was done in your past or something that you've done, some reason why you're there. Well, well, well you don't have to work your way out of it because God isn't there anymore. He's risen. He's moved on. He didn't stay in weakness. Here's something that you need to know about Jesus. He put himself on the cross. Some, sometimes we, 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 we seem to, we like the whole fact he was put on the cross. I know we don't like it, but we like it because we can relate to that. We can say things like, well, he suffered. So our suffering, when he suffered, is okay because he suffered as well. And he knows our pain. Yes, he does. But I need you to know something. He did not stay in that suffering. He rose again. He defeated weakness. Death was the ultimate weakness and he defeated it. He was not there anymore. Some of you need to break out of behavior, stuff that you're doing that is causing you to stay in the graveyard when God is not there anymore. You, some of you need to forgive yourselves for some of the stuff that you've let yourself do. You need to. You need to forgive yourself. See, one thing is talking about forgiveness and, you know, Jesus forgives you, Jesus forgives you, and you're like, yeah, 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 but I don't forgive me. You need to forgive yourself. You need to let it all go. Because if you, don't, if you can't forgive yourself for your failures and your weakness, I'm telling you, you're going to stay in the graveyard and you're going to be eternally looking for Jesus there and he ain't there because he's risen. He's come out of that place. He's not there anymore. He's not there anymore. In verse 11, it, it, it says, when, 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 the, when the women they went to, to, to tell the other 11, they didn't believe the women. It's not possible. People don't change. They, they're going to be the same forever. You know, people don't change. They're, they're, they're like that. You know, this is, this is how it is, Mary. We've lost Jesus. He's gone. And we're going to be forever in this state. You need to ex accept it, the reality. They did not believe them because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Victory over sin, victory over weakness. I mean, that just sounds like craziness to me sometimes when I think about it. In my own life, the stuff I've struggled with, the weaknesses that I have, the thought of overcoming those things, sometimes I think, yeah, I'm going to. But when I've failed, when I'm in the graveyard, when I've messed up, when I've made a boo-boo, 
When I'm like there in that graveyard and I'm like, I just, I'm here again. The thought that I can overcome it and become a better person, that God would take me into something better, it seems like nonsense. Anybody else relate to that? That's where they were. were. Peter. And Peter kind of represents something in our soul. That one thought. That one thought. That one flickering candle amongst the darkness. Could it be? Could it be that I I could overcome? Could it be that God is going to help me? Could it be that I'm going to become the person that God created me to be? Could it be that I'm going to live out my purpose? Could it be that I'm going to, I'm going to be set free from this sin that has held me for all of these years? Could it be that my, my insecurity is going to get broken? Could it be that my hopelessness and my depression is going to get broken? The answer is yes, it could be. It could be. But Peter goes to the tomb and he sees the linen and it's, it's neatly folded. Which is weird because, you know, like there's this, there's this theory that, you know, people stole the body. And maybe, and maybe it was, he was going through his mind, maybe, maybe people stole the body. But why would robbers neatly fold linen? <laughs> and then carry a naked dead man across the, the graveyard? Could you imagine? You ever thought of that? Could you imagine these guys as like a comedy carrying a naked dead man? It's like, you remember that uh, Weekend at Bernie's, that movie? <laughs> Except he's naked, right? <laughs> it would have been, what is going on? The grave clothes are there. Man, could it be that Jesus overcame this? Could it, could it be that there is an answer to my weakness? Could it be that life came where there was nothing? Could it be? The answer is yes, it could be. And the way it was for them is that's what exactly is exactly what happened. You see, Jesus came back. And the crazy thing is, is where he met his disciples is something that we can learn from. Where do we find Jesus if he's not in the graveyard? Where do we find Jesus if he's not amongst our failures, if he's not there where we don't have to grovel in that, we don't have to rub our nose in it, we don't have to do all of that sort of stuff? Where is he if he's not there? Well, he was in four different places after this event. They went and uh, from, from, from this point, some of the disciples, they were walking. It's called the road to Emmaus. They were walking on this road. They're walking. And they're kind of like talking about the events. You know, they're, they're sort of just walking. I feel sad. I can't believe what's happened. Did you see how they flogged him? And now he's gone. Like, where is he? And in verse 15 of chapter 24, it says, As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Where he came from, they don't know. But here's this guy. And it reads on that he kind of, they didn't realize it was him. 
But this is the first place where Jesus appears to his disciples. And you know where they were going? Oh, nobody really knows, but they were on a journey. This is where Jesus will appear to you. Not in the graveyard, but on the journey. I said, this is where Jesus appears to you. See, too many people, they stop in the graveyard of their failures and their weakness and their stuff. And they say, this is my lot. This is where I'm staying. But God is saying, you've got to keep on walking. And Jesus will appear to you on your journey. He's not going to leave you. Pick yourself up and start walking. And on that journey, you know there's going to be things that don't make sense. There were things that did not make sense to these guys. They, didn't, they couldn't make a clue of it. But Jesus was with them. So that's the first place. And I think I had a, yeah, on the journey. First place where you'll find him. If you can't find him in the graveyard of your weakness and failures and all of that stuff. It's on the journey. Start walking with Jesus. Just trust him. I don't know where I'm going to go now. Just go somewhere. Stay in Bombay. Don't go. Don't go. We like, we like you here. But unless you have to. Get on the journey. Keep walking. Too many people can't. They, they, they stop. They give up hope. Oh, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to pursue that career anymore. I'm not going to pursue that thing anymore. I felt like God was on it, but I don't know anymore. I, uh, I don't know if I'm strong enough. I don't have the right people around me. I don't have this. I don't have that. Just start walking. Jesus will appear and he'll make sense of it all. The second place, after he's, after he's kind of walked with them and, and he's encouraged them. You can see if you, when you read chapter 24 of Luke yourself, it, it, he encourages them and they start to get hope. Their spirits are kind of lifted and, and, they, and they encourage Jesus. They still don't know it's him. They encourage Jesus that he's about to sort of keep walking on it. They're like, no, 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 stay. It's getting dark. You need to have a meal with us. We like you. You're like one of our kind. We like you a lot. And, and so he, he, he stays with them. And, and this is the second place where, where they see Jesus. Jesus just says, okay, I'm going to stay. And I'm going to have a meal with you. So he breaks some bread. As he's breaking the bread, he hands it to them. Their eyes are open. They see, oh, it's Jesus. Second place you're going to meet Jesus is in relationship. It's a meal. Communion. Walking with him. Relationship with him. That's where you're going to find him. You don't find him in the graveyard. He's not there. He's moved on. If you want to walk with him, walk with him. If you want to have a relationship with him, have a relationship. That's where he is. Because he's risen. Relationship. Then it goes on down to, uh, I think it's, what is it? Verse 36. It was the third place where we see Jesus kind of revealing himself. Let me read it to you. While they were still talking. This was another event. Events have moved on. Jesus kind of disappeared after that meal. He gave them the bread and then just kind of vanished. Okay, because he's got this new body. And uh, he can do tricks, which we can one day do when we have our eternal bodies. But here's Jesus once again in verse 36. Let's read it. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
I just, this one, that's how that plays out in my head. Like, if it was me, if I was Jesus, I would definitely be like, peace be with you. They'd be like, ah! Is that not funny? Okay, so it's, uh, it's funny in my brain. I'm sorry, I've got a really crazy, it's my weakness. Okay. But here's the third point. Jesus will turn up where you least expect him to. He'll turn up where you least expect him. You'll be in a place where you'll be like, Jesus can't be here. There'll be some. You know, I found for Rachel and I in planning this church and doing what we do, the people that we met along the journey, it's, it's been the people who I least expected to kind of come along and journey on with us. But he's kind of sent them along. I had no idea. Not just the people here, but all over the place where we have talked about the people who have gotten behind him, just said, you know what? And I pray for you. I mean, I had so many stories. This is one guy. He lives in Germany. Germany. Switzerland. Zurich. He just turned up one day. Hey, the guy still sends me. He sent me a message this morning. It was like this prophetic message. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's like on the ball. I don't know how he does it. But he just prays for us. He prays for you guys. Just a random guy. God shows up in the most... Like, he just does the most craziest things. The places where you least expect him, that's where Jesus is. Because we can get it all, we get caught up in our circumstance, and we can only see this much, God can see this much, you know. And we just can see, like, the box that we're boxed into. And, but Jesus can see it all, and he knows the point. He's like, okay, I'm going to turn up there. Just to remind them that I'm here with them. He's going to meet you on the journey. He's going to meet you in relationship. He's going to turn up where you least expect him. And the last place he's going to show up, it's in verse 49 of this chapter 24. He says this, he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, which we will talk about in a month or so. We're going to have Richard Botter here guest speaker who will come and speak on the on the day of Pentecost the day the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people and that was the beginning of the church as we know it but but Jesus was promising something and this is the thing about the Holy Spirit he clothes you what a, what a, what a, what a, what do clothes do they cover you right why do we need to be covered because underneath it we're naked we're weak we're vulnerable we're needing. Stay. And there will be power that's going to clothe you from on high. I'm going to cover you in your weakness. It's okay. The stuff you still haven't overcome yet, the stuff that you're still wrestling through, the stuff that's still going on in your world, it's, it's all good. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Just, Just stay where I'm telling you to stay. And Jesus was telling him, stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem until that power comes. And from that day forth, everything is going to be different. And it's the same for us. See, this is the fourth place where Jesus will be. It'll be in the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. And this is what the resurrection was all about and is all about. The pouring out on all 
And it's not just a pouring out where it kind of runs off. It stays on you. The Holy Spirit stays on you. He stays with you. He clothes you with clothes of royalty, clothes that mark you as part of the family, clothes that nobody else gets to wear unless they believe, clothes that say this is a child of the Most High God, the risen Messiah, the one who came and defeated it all. This is one of them. And the devil sees it and goes, I cannot be near that person. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of their I'm out of their world. They're clothed. They got those garments. They got those threads. They're those threads that say they are from the kingdom of God, the most high God, who is in control. We and the devil is like the devil didn't expect Jesus. <coughs> you know, if you read the Old Testament, it's all shielded through the Old Testament, who Jesus was, who Jesus was. It's, not, it's never really completely revealed until Jesus actually came because the devil didn't have, he couldn't know what was going on until Jesus actually came and did what he did. Now, he doesn't know what to do with your victory in Christ. And when you start to walk in it because you're walking in Christ, he doesn't know what to do with you anymore, so he'll leave you. The, 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 the Bible says to resist the enemy and he will flee. I'm telling you, he flees. And your weakness that is the doorway that he gets in through and starts to use you for and starts to get you down so he can try and trample you into, into the dirt and all of that sort of stuff. I'm telling you something. The day has come because of Christ and because of his resurrection that we have victory. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 